Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Unlearned Podcast. My name is Chris Miller. I'm your host, and it's on this podcast that we want to unlearn unhealthy leadership habits and behaviors. I am so stoked today because I have one of my best friends, a guy that I really planted a church with uh, back in 2009. Like, we were hustling with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus uh, and it was one of the greatest times of my life. His name is Johnny Bird. Woo-hoo! He is currently the campus pastor of Northridge Community Church Springbrook. And uh, he's just thriving, killing it here um, over in Johnson City. And so uh, today we've got a great topic we're going to talk about. But before we get there, I wanted to give him a chance to tell us a little bit about himself, like his family, his name, current job, things that he's working through. Uh, so, Johnny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you said, my name is Johnny, and we have worked together for a while, and uh, uh, still really good friends, and I love the fact that uh, I get to be on this podcast today. Uh, but yeah, I'm at the campus pastor at the Springbrook location, Johnson City, Tennessee, have been uh, ever since we've come back together from the pandemic, is when I started, so it's been interesting. Perfect time. <laughs> it's been interesting time of ministry. <laughs> I thought I was coming together on a team that had all been doing this you know, longer than I have, and all of a sudden, uh, the pandemic blanked the slate, and uh, nobody knew what they were doing coming out of it, so we were all on, you know, step one, and so it's been a learning process, and uh, God's been faithful, thank goodness, because, uh, yeah, it's just been learning, uh, learning a ton over the last couple years, and and uh, still learning, so that's, uh, you know, my wife's name's Rochelle, I've got three amazing daughters, uh, Ella, Evie, and Eliza, and they're growing up like crazy, um, and and so they're almost 15, almost 13, and 8, and which is crazy. The other day we took Ella driving. Oh my. And she drove just in our little neighborhood, just down the street to, to Nana's house, we live on the same street, <laughs> and so... And, uh, you know, she's parking in a driveway that has two other cars in it, and I was freaking out. Uh, but it's just nuts. And so, yeah, um, that's where we're at. That's the season of life we're in. Man, we could really, I mean, we could talk about starting a church oh, or, you know, goodness. becoming the leader of a church during COVID. But I always think back to when we would have moments at West Market. That's where Johnny and I were together. Uh, was at West Market, but I was like, basically, you guys have two middle school pastors, two youth pastors that have never <laughs> planted a church, leading the way, renovating a bowling alley, like starting a, a core group that would meet in a tear down set up church yes. experience on Sundays, all the while trying to renovate a bowling alley yes. to launch a year later. So, man, if you're out there and you're just like, I just don't have what it takes, like, we are the kings of not what it takes. and We're the kings of unqualified. We're the kings like. of unqualified, so just go for it anyway. So I wanted us to take a moment just to go down memory lane. Uh, I know when I first met you, it was over, like, FaceTime. Because, you know, Jim had, you know, sent the emails. John Oakley had yep. given the phone call. We came from Fort Worth, Texas, where I was a middle school pastor uh, we were trying to go overseas uh, to be missionaries. The church plant there, that door closed, and the phone call came, and we decided to come back. But we were having to meet everybody through, like, Zooms and right. and phone calls and FaceTime. And it's kind of like Jim's like, yeah, this is Johnny, and you guys will be together. And I just remember, like, you were hustling in another sense because you were working, like, at the church 
in kind of a paid stipend position, yep. but you were also making bank down in Sevierville, Pigeon Forge area, delivering pizzas, which, by the way, you can make a buttload of money, <laughs> like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. delivering pizzas down in Pigeon Forge. And I just remember you were always tired because we would try to Zoom or talk at like 9 o'clock and Johnny is like, one eye is halfway open and the other eye is open. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then Rochelle, who we love, um, she's just like me. She's Instagram 8. And I just remember her looking at us like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Johnny. Uh, I don't know if I trust these people. And so I was like, both these people are looking at me like without smiles and I'm just not sure. And, but, uh, that was the first memory I yeah. had. And then of course we got together and, and things worked through the years. What was, uh, one of your first memories that you uh, think back to? first, first memory I had, um, I do remember the, the, like the first zoom call. Um, y'all can't see this, but it was, right there at the sound booth just a few feet from where we're sitting right now and uh i remember you said that i look like one of the shanes from shane and shane that's right and uh and so i remember that <laughs> and you mistaken one of our other that's staff right. members as a different uh ethnicity, ethnic, ethnicity. and <laughs> when you first met him in real life you were like oh i always thought i thought you were and you, you just thought he was a different race um <laughs> But uh, which uh, that was so funny. That was probably one of my first memories that that I had. Uh, there, it was interesting because we we had the family pastor, which was my role. We had the worship pastor uh, locked in at the time um, to plant another campus, but we did not have the lead campus pastor mm. for that campus, and so that's a that's a unusual way to do things. So there was a lot of nerves and and. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but just different thoughts of, hey, is this going to work out? How's this mm-hmm. going to work? Is he going to like us? Are we going to like him? You know, all these kind of things. Is it going to work out? And so that's probably my oldest memory, like my furthest back memory that I have of you is that. Nice. So, Well, hey, today's episode, we're going to jump in because I, I like to keep these brief because um, I know you have so much time as you're driving home. Uh, or as you're driving to work, but it really is going to be diving into the unhealthy habit and leadership principle that we need to unlearn, and really that one is micromanaging. Like, if you were just to ask your staff currently today, wherever you're at, hey, do you feel like I micromanage you? What do you feel like the feedback would be? And maybe you could even say, hey, don't put your name on that piece of paper. Just write yes or no. Put it in this little box on my desk. I won't look. Like, do you kind of control things? Do you trust the people that you're with? Are you truly developing the leaders and staff and team that are with you? Or do you find yourself more micromanaging them? And I've acknowledged a long time ago to Johnny that I wasn't a great leader in the beginning. Like, I was definitely a micromanager. I definitely had to have my fingerprints on everything. And it was kind of a control idol, I suppose to say. Um, and I mean, he's one of the most gifted leaders I've ever met and still yet I was trying to control. And one of our worship leaders that we had prior, uh, to him exiting before we went into our new campus, one of the most gifted, talented, uh, worship leaders we've ever had. So 
I acknowledge today, I confess it as sin, <laughs> and if that's you, no, you need to as well, turn from uh, that micromanaging is just a leadership habit that is bad and unhealthy that we need to unlearn. So I had messaged Johnny, and I asked him a question, and honestly, I've asked you as a leader to ask your staff the question, what is it like to be led by me? Do that one-on-one. I wouldn't do that in a group setting because I found out they weren't like open to sharing a lot. Mm. And I was like, no, you tell me what I'm bad at now. <laughs> um, but really I asked him what it was like to be led by me. And I put dot bad memory parentheses, be honest, smiley face emoji, LOL parentheses. <laughs> so, you know, I know what I did wrong. I know how I didn't lead well, but for you, what was a bad memory? Well, I want to I want to preface with and don't say anything about me taking my shirt off and sitting in your <laughs> office to make you laugh, even though that could be a there bad memory. There were many moments where you chose to try to make me laugh, and yeah, um, I want to preface with a you are a really good leader, and I learned a ton from you, and then b this memory was very early on because I think the years. The years that we spent learning, serving together, leading together were some of the most formative years I've had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, and God just really used those years in my life. You're in Enneagram 8. I'm in Enneagram 2. And there's just some – our personalities are very different. Mm-hmm. But there was just something about that that was just like when we found our flow, it was like, man, like we were kicking. And um, But early on, I remember um, – kind of kind of specifically but like I would go in we had the kids hall and I was the family mm-hmm. pastor and I was over kids hall and student ministry and 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 I would go in and I would like kind of set up what the room should look like on a, like a Thursday or something like that before before Sunday and then I would come in like the next day and then like you had come, went in and like redid it <laughs> like you had moved th- like little things like you had moved things or changed things and I was just like okay like I, me trying to be like a like I'm a leader, but I'm also trying to submit to leadership, which mm. I honestly think, you know, a great leader knows how to follow first. So I was just trying to practice mm. that at the same time. So I wasn't trying; I was trying to balance getting frustrated versus just being a good submission, like a submitted leader. And so I would be like, I guess that's the way he wants it, you know. Like, uh, it, mm. and so, um, you know, I think my wife probably heard about my frustrations more than than. You know, I tried to keep it from everybody, but I don't keep it from her. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's probably like when I think a bad memory, mm. um, that's probably the worst it got. And, and it wasn't even. And I want to tell you, like, it wasn't. It wasn't long after that that we had a conversation that really opened up the floodgates um, from that. And and you actually exemplified extremely great leadership and just kind of saying, hey. I'm sorry, and you even said like I didn't trust you early on, mm-hmm. and I remember that now. Yeah, and uh, you, you said I didn't trust you early on, and there were some reasons for that. But then they, those reasons kind of got debunked, and you were just like, and that's when it, you know, I think we had six, seven, maybe eight years of just like flying through a lot of stuff and really positive years for us, and so. And so Johnny mentioned he's an Enneagram 2, I'm Enneagram 8. I know some of you are like, Enneagram, Schmeneagram. <laughs> but I love it. But what's funny is a healthy 8 goes to a 2, goes to the helper. Mm. And a yeah. healthy 2 goes to 8, yes. which yeah. I call it the conqueror. Uh, <laughs> we're just the ones that break down walls for good or evil. But, yeah, that's a good uh, combo. And yeah. I think 
even when Christy got thrown into the mix, who was a four, mm-hmm. creative man, worship leader. Yeah, we just that was so much fun. I saw a Facebook memory that Jim at Richmond had posted, and it just said, "Thanks for being the team that you guys are. You're breaking records every week. Like it was just a lot of fun." Yeah. So that goes to say, when you're healthy and your team is healthy and there's trust established, you know who who knows what the the limit is. Um, and which, none of us had done this before. Exactly. So God was showing up in like a big way in all of our downfalls and all of our where we fall short all the time. He was showing up like crazy. Mm. And, we were, and it was fun. Like we were just having fun doing it at the same time. So so your bad memory unlocked a funny memory that wasn't necessarily a bad memory, but a leadership <laughs> opportunity. Do you remember the brown couch uh, in the toddler room? That Yes. <laughs> Yes. So this was one of those where I should have <laughs> given Johnny the why couch. behind the what, but I didn't listen Man. to his why behind the what, because his why behind the what of this suede brown couch, like we had fresh paint, <laughs> new carpet, and this couch would just be in there, and I would try to move it yeah. out, and he'd move it back in. And his why behind the what, which I wasn't listening to, was the comfort of these volunteers who are with these kids Every single week, suede brown couch, and of course, I'm just thinking about aesthetics. And I even bought like this bought a stretchy cover. gray a cover. Stretchy cover, so it would like offset and be more aesthetically pleasing. But honestly, we had uh, we had like uh, life church taste and flavor, but we had a Dollar General budget. <laughs> like, we were in the red for so long, we were reaching so many people, but you know, it was taking them time yeah, to catch up. But that's so funny. I thought about that, and I thought I should have just said. Man, aesthetically, for the parent dropping the kid off, it doesn't, it doesn't look, look good, but look your why is more important because we want volunteers to be comfortable while they're serving at our campus with all these kids because we had a ton of kids. Ton. And so, yeah, so listen, talk about the why behind the what. Don't just, like, slip the couch into the the <laughs> closet and then have and your then person all, come the next, in. And, next day it gets covered and yeah. it's moved out. And, yeah. So I thought sure. about That's that. That's so funny. I should have given you the why behind the what. That should have been another good conversation. Well, I think we, I think we grew into that. And so we were able to have more conversations. Yeah. And, yeah. So good memory um, that you had when we first began that – really was a joy to be a part of it's hard because i i've you know you asked this you you asked this early on and i had so many um i think i jumped the gun i think you were going to share but uh no no i was actually whispering that's what she said (laughs) from the office and uh you know what if you all can't learn anything about leadership through this podcast (laughs) please learn to get yourself in a position where you can have fun with the people you work that's with. That's right. That's right. My goodness, because it, it, it's a game changer. Uh, I thought he was whispering to me saying it, it, I jumped the gun. <laughs> I do. I have so many good memories uh, of us working together, and I had like a couple like swirling around in my mind, and then but I changed what I wrote down because I think this is probably the the thing that kind of like launched us in a dream phase, of, at least for me. But early on, when we were looking for a physical location mm. for our church, um, we'd already we had started. Uh, well, I don't remember the timeline now, but we literally would just drive around, and if there was a vacant building in mm. our city, which is not very big, John City, Tennessee, so you could drive around in fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, and be everywhere. 
Um, if there was a vacant building, our faces were pressed against that glass, <laughs> and we were looking to see if a church could meet there. Um, and I just think that was probably one of the fondest memories I have, just dreaming. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we... I have a picture of us with our faces pressed in at Kroger that shut down on South Throne. Then we went and looked at the Comcast building mm-hmm. further down the road on South Throne. Then we were starting to be pressed for time, and we were looking at the Holiday Inn Ballroom, yep. which is near the Springbrook campus. Unbelievably expensive. Yes. Yeah. And then... Uh, a member of West Market, who is a principal at a local school, I'm not going to name drop her, though I love her, uh, she would not let us meet at that particular elementary school. And then finally, uh, we found out that Ashley Academy was available, and uh, that's where we finally found a place. So I love that memory, and yeah, we were dreaming. My fa- One of my favorite memories is we called it Holy Hustling, which it was like if the Holy Spirit put somebody's face on your mind you would go after that person or text them or call them but we would ask for literally anything like i know people were like gosh what are they asking for on facebook now (laughs) but we needed a lawnmower so be like hey you got a lawnmower anybody over here got a lawnmower we ended up with a lawnmower is this your carpet over here in your yard like are you using that like is this paint over here stacked up is that no good and like we literally there was nothing we would not ask for yeah it was kind of like you know ask and it shall she be given to you, seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be open. Like we lived that out <laughs> because again, we had that life church, you know, flavor and taste, but we were on the dollar general budget. And so we asked for everything. So we thank asked, you yeah. for those of you out there listening. I know we had an amazing Murray riding lawnmower donated to us at West Market. <laughs> we had so many people that would give us furniture and yep. money and man, you all just made some crazy dreams and opportunities happen to reach our city. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorite, favorite memories. So this episode, I would call it Yes Day. And again, we're connecting it back to unlearning micromanaging. And I know for Johnny, uh, he is a learner, and he helped me as a leader relearn learning, uh, you know, because I came out of seminary, maybe like some of you guys, and, you know, I had all the information, but nobody was asking uh, the questions to get to that information. And what I realized, you know, I thought I had arrived. But when you really follow Jesus, you'll notice that you've never arrived. Like, spiritually speaking, yeah. when he comes into your life, you have the Holy Spirit, you have his word, you have everything you need, but you got to keep growing, you got to keep learning. And Johnny helped me uh, in that sense to reignite that part of myself as a leader. But again, I was micromanaging him in the early days, and uh, he had this passion uh, for stage design and lighting. He loves worship. Uh, his voice and singing is is pretty <laughs> fantastic. It, <laughs> if you want to have him come and lead worship it, uh, for you one day, yeah. but that was his passion. And he would draw out these designs on a napkin and on a piece of mm-hmm. paper and be like, "Hey, we could take these and we could get LED lights and or LED strips." And I'd be like, "Well, let me think about it." Yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, because I'm a minimalist, and I'd be like, "What we have is fine." And but he was just so passionate about it, and I realized he's going to leave if he's not able to live out the Mm. things that he's passionate about, if he's not going to have a seat at the table, if he's not going to have input into this area that he was really good at. And if he wasn't good at it, he would learn it. He would read it. He would watch the YouTube videos. And I remember us in like November and we're sitting on the back ramp in an auditorium at West Market uh, in our old bowling alley. 
and he said, hey man, I was just thinking about this idea for the stage design and the lighting, and I knew, like, and you may not be spiritual, I'm, I'm a, a Christ follower, and I have the Holy Spirit, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, say yes, like, affirm this dude, empower this dude, and so I was like, saw the design, saw the drawing, I was like, do it, man. And I knew because he had not heard a lot of that from me. He was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, just go for it. And then he was like, well, how much money do I have? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we never, we don't have money at this campus. Like, how much ever money you can find? But I just, at that point, I was just going to trust him. Like, I knew his heart. I knew the passions that he had. And I was just going to say yes and go for it. And so he went for it, and it looked amazing. And from that point on, if he would have an idea about stage design or lighting or a lot of the worship elements, like he had already spent all the time like processing it and looking through that lens and watching, watching services of churches that we loved and respected, and he just took off. And it made our campus better. It made the environment better. And so I, again, had to unlearn micromanaging, and here's the kicker, like, you have got to learn leadership development in a sense where you are empowering, not micromanaging, but you're empowering people to do the things that they're great at, that they're passionate for, and that they're gifted to do. And so do you, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I remember that. And I remember, you know, it kind of was birthed out of, you know, we had our Relate Student Conference. And there were, th- and I wanted our whole church to to progress forward to explore new creative elements and things like that. And and I'm the family pastor. Like this is just something. It wasn't a part of my job description. It was just something a passion that I felt like God gave me. And and so I would learn about it. And and I I remember specifically like I don't remember that specific conversation, but I remember afterwards there 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 all of a sudden was this like process that we went through us and our worship leader together uh but us specifically went through that we were having more conversations and we were now collaborating on a Mm. lot of things and and i really do think that was that process that we went through was something that why we can look back at our time spent working together and be like man that was a really great time because not everything was easy i mean we were planning a church, trying to do things we've never done before. Mm. I love the fact that you already said this, that we're like two youth pastors leading a church. I love the fact that we did not hide that. We would say that a lot of times to our people. And, and so, um, but I think it also, it gave our people gave us the room to grow and to Mm. lead. And, uh, and we had that culture about us, which I think is what allowed us to figure each other out and work together. Yeah. So, Two of the application points for this podcast are showing and growing. Like, if you are already living out empowering leaders, then you need to show that to the to your team if you haven't already. Like, maybe show that to a younger leader or uh, somebody that you work with that maybe is not there yet, or you're like, oh, man, they're kind of a micromanager. Like, have a lunch, have a coffee, and be like, man, I just like would like to share... Uh, something that I've learned with you because I thought it changed really a lot of my uh, interactions with the people that I'm serving, with the people that I'm working with. And if you know without a doubt you're a micromanager today, this episode is for you. And if you're thinking, 
whether you are or not, like you are, just kidding. Um, but this is an area where you can grow. And here's what I don't want you to do. Uh, I don't want you to just delegate and defer. Yeah. All right, I didn't micromanage it. Yeah. I gave them that opportunity. Look what happened. Now I've got to do it all again. Or I've got to start all over. Don't just defer and delegate. Like, cast the vision, empower them, encourage them, and just check in. I like, would even say if you're able to resource them. Mm. Like, and I think that's great delegation and great leadership is if you're a lot of times the people that work underneath me are people that I could probably do that job, but I'm a better leader if I allow someone that has a gift that they, they're passionate about it, they're gifted in it. And then I take my influence and anything, any resources I have, and I resource them mm. with it as well. That's good. So take the plunge. Take a moment, maybe even just to write out uh, your whys of your micromanaging, and maybe you were led by a leader, and that's all you saw, and you decided you weren't going to lead that way, and then you got put into a situation, position, and you just deferred back to it. Um, I want to encourage you with something that I saw through Johnny as, you know, he was serving with me, and I was his leader uh, that he did, which was a way of having conversations about wanting to change things. And this is you. This is for you if you're being led by a leader who is a micromanager. Change your questions to why is this the same or why can't we do something different to why don't you ever listen to me? (laughs) Uh, I'm out of here. Johnny was really good about humbly saying things like, um, hey, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, Or he would say, would it be possible if we fill in the blank? Uh, what do you think about? And it was almost like he's still wanting to try the new thing or recreate something or install something different within the environment, but it's almost like he's saying, I want you to be a part of this decision, even though I've really, I'm sitting across the table and I've done all the work, but I want to see what you think about it. I found myself, because uh, I'm at a campus now that was kind of shut down for nine months, and it was almost like a restart in a way because nobody knew me and I'm just getting to know them and I love developing leaders and uh, for the ones that maybe the trust isn't there yet, I just ask, would it be possible if? So if you are currently with a micromanager or serving with a micromanager, maybe insert those questions and maybe think of some on your own where you can begin those conversations and it actually reveals where they're at but gives you the opportunity and freedom to serve in the way that god has made you and wired you and given you passion for so any other thoughts on that johnny bird uh, about micromanaging versus empowering yeah i think I, I wrote this down when i'm thinking about micromanaging and empowering and just that whole process of trying to not be a micromanaging leader but also the person like you said that uh, might be under a micromanaging leader um, it, and I think this goes to both of those people actually, but, uh, when you feel like you're assuming, cause that's where that comes from. Sometimes you don't know the whys. If you're not talking out the whys, there's a lot of assumption. Mm. Uh, when you're, when you're making, and that's what, what we experienced early on is, is assumptions. And then, you know, uh, when you're assuming a lot of things, you got to catch yourself in that and, and replace it with more relationship more conversation uh that way trust can be built and you start to realize the why behind what's happening in those moments and so 
that's my thoughts when it comes to micromanaging is when you feel like if I as a leader if I feel like I've got to micromanage I need to replace it with more conversation more relationship if I'm being micromanaged if I feel like I'm being micromanaged I need to replace it with more conversation more relationship and do you think within that replacement that's where you'll see whether or not you can trust the person or whether you're choosing to trust regardless anyway absolutely i think that's where you're going to see you're going to see why the assumptions are that what they are um and normally the way i've seen god work i'm a christ follower as well so i'm a spiritual person and i feel like god's working in those moments uh you'll see god grow your heart for that person Mm. all of a sudden you're praying for that person all of a sudden you're seeing their heart and their motives behind the things that they're wanting their passions the way they're designed you're seeing all that and you start to realize like okay and you start to realize like how do you work well together Mm. so i think i was i was spinning in my head quotes and different various things um but i know craig rochelle who's an amazing leader great podcaster Almost as good as me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I, think he, I think he listens to this. Love you, Craig. Love to have you on. We know you're listening. <laughs> uh, he says that if someone can do the same thing you can at 70%, yep. you let them do it. Yep. Because um, the reality is if if you don't replace yourself, A, that's one of the most selfish things you can do. But really, you are limiting your organization. Yep. You're limiting your church. You're limiting because I mean, if you are a leader in the church, by the way, your job is to equip yep. the people it's that to are cultivate there. Cultivate the gifts. It's to equip yep. them. It's <laughs> if you don't, your your church organization has a shelf life. Yep, that's right. So process that through. Think about where you need to show and grow. Uh, really think about what are the areas of your leadership where you tend to micromanage, and then how. Can you empower the people that you're currently with to be able to do what God's made them to do or what they feel passionate about? And it might be a conversation that you need to have in the beginning of just simply apologizing and then casting vision and then, man, just be for them. Like, one of the greatest joys that I have as a leader is believing in people, being for them, and just launching them out and, like, Imagine what your organization or your ministry or your team would look like if that piece transitioned within your own heart and mind. Man, I, I'm excited for you and just really the application of that taking place. Um, and really, as we kind of close out our time here, I wanted to ask Johnny, um, if you could give leaders out there an encouraging final word, what would you say to them? I would, I would say... Never let yourself feel like you've arrived fully. Like, you always need to be a learner. There's been seasons of my life where I've taken a pause, I've taken a break on that, and I realize that's whenever I start leading out of a dry place. Um, and, and so there's moments, you know, always have a steady dose of God's Word in your life, but then also learn from people that, like a Craig Rochelle or like other leaders like that, that... Uh, or people that like yourself, like I learned a ton from you, and continue to learn a ton. We're staying connected, and so, uh, but always, always be learning, mm. never stop. So now that you say that, and you're probably going to say the exact same people that I say, uh, <laughs> who are some leaders, speakers, authors, church uh, people that you are subscribed to their podcast, or you read their books, or you listen to their messages? 
Uh, Craig Rochelle's probably, as far as uh, leadership, is probably the best podcast out there, in my opinion, obviously. Uh, there, there's podcasts I don't know about. Um, but I listen, to, I listen to his every time there's an episode out. Um, Lou Giglio's probably one of my favorite speakers and authors. Um, and so I learn, I learn a lot from him just about like the nuts and bolts of like, even things as simple as like being a good storyteller. I think he's a great storyteller. And so I learn a lot, you know, I get an opportunity to, to speak and to teach on a weekly basis. So learning that is really important because it's, it's just being engaging and that's how people learn the best. And so, um, and then, uh, I'm reading a book and the author is actually kind of lost on me right now I, I would have told you a month ago but the uh, future church mm. is what it's called and those are probably three resources that are really challenging me in the season i'm in right now okay awesome uh yes we are craig crochelle homeboys and uh <laughs> he is a phenomenal leader his leadership stuff is great his podcast is normally 15 to 20 minutes he has a youtube channel if you're one of those people that you need to visibly see the yep. person talking to you. Uh, I love Kerry Newhoff. He mm-hmm. is my Canadian friend. He used to be my my kind of podcast boyfriend, but then I broke up with him and found another person. But Kerry Newhoff is great with all of his books, with most of his podcast content. It is a longer one, but well worth it. Uh, Mac Lake is great with yeah, Leadership Pipeline absolutely. stuff. He is a down-to-earth, humble dude that just – has so much experience in developing leaders. Um, he's great as well. Pete Scazzaro used to be a pastor in a church in New York. He wrote The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Uh, he's just very good at the topic of being before doing. And for me, That's a couple awesome. of years back, like I needed to hear that because I'm a doer. I'm, I get my checklist out, get it done, knock it out. Sometimes people get in the way of that, which is never a good idea uh, if you're leading them in a church. Um, so great content from those guys. Keep learning. Keep being humble enough to understand that we've never arrived and that really who you are now is who you're going to be. It's really who you're mm-hmm. becoming as a leader. So to kind of end this thing today, bottom line, we want to unlearn the unhealthy habit and practice of micromanaging, and we want to replace that with the healthy practice and habit of empowering leaders. So if you found this content helpful today, please like, share, and subscribe. If you would like to have a conversation or, hey, me and my team just talked about this, you can email me at chris at onelifenox.com. You can follow Johnny and I through our church's Facebook pages. Uh, That's available as well. You can find Johnny at the Springbrook campus of Northridge Community Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. If you want to give him a brand new couch, that would look awesome in his kids area. Just kidding. But man, thank you so much we'll for spending the time Absolutely. Uh, to invest in leaders and to invest in people who want to make the most of the gifts and the time and the talent of the people that they're leading. And so, hey, until next time, TTYS, we will be talking about two things that you can do for every single leader of your team. And until next time, we'll see you later from the Unlearned Podcast.